Hello and welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. My name's Darren and I'm here with Faith. Hi. Pastor Faith. And we will get to the sermon in just a little bit, but we wanted to make some time and space to talk about something special that we've been having on Sundays. And it's a new song that Pastor Faith, you and your husband, Josh, wrote, and we've shared it with our community. Tell us a little bit about it. What's the name of it? Yeah. And where did it come from? Yeah, so it's called We Need You. Um, and I, I'm going to root this in 1 Corinthians 2 when Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Um, the, the first thing that was written for this song was the beginning of that bridge section that says, We don't need better plans. We don't need clever thoughts. We need your Spirit, O oh God. We don't want the wisdom of man. We want we want a display of God's power, which is really what the world needs. They don't need to see a show, or even in the area of worship, they don't need to hear good music. We need to see a display of the power of God. So it came from that heart cry. And then the beginning of the song kind of sets up this space where we invite Holy Spirit, we open our hearts, we clear out all the distractions, the things that get in the way. And then just simply cry out for more of Him. And it's this this longing to be a, a space where the Spirit would rest mm-hmm. as a community. Yeah, I love that. That's such a the heart and core value of Garden Church. Exactly. Knowing that the Spirit is present, like He's welcome to the party and we get to celebrate. And I so appreciate the beauty and creativity that you've been cultivating, not only with worship, but just something that we can invite the rest of our community into. And, and it's so cool when, when uh, in the recording of this song, it's the first time that we shared it. And it's like people have been singing it for weeks. <laughs> and it was just such a cool thing to experience. And so we're so happy for those of you that have experienced that with us on a Sunday morning. And we want to see just more original songs being birthed from this place. Um, that you're talking about, just being saturated in the Holy Spirit. So we are welcoming you to stick around after the sermon where you can hear a live recording of the song, We Need You, and I hope it blesses your heart. Welcome to the Gardens Podcast. This message titled, Living Under the Spirit, was given by Darren Roundson and is the tenth in our series, Who We Are, Defining Community Through the Ten Commandments. I get to teach again. It's good to be back. As I was, as I was worshiping and preparing this week, and um, I was talking to Brian, and we just really felt there was a theme coming out, and it really had nothing to do with the Ten Commandments. <laughs> And so I was trying to, I was trying to get the message and, and relate the theme that God was putting on both of our hearts, and it just didn't work out. And luckily we have freedom um, at this church, and I want to model to you what we want to be about. We want to be a church that, um, that is moved and empowered by the Holy Spirit. That means we can't fabricate it. That means uh, when the wind's not blowing, we're, we're not going to get a, a leaf blower out and make it happen. Um, to use that illustration, Jesus says the Spirit of God is like the wind. Um, and you can't tell the effects. You can only tell the effects of the wind. You can't see it. And so for me, as I, was trying to, as I was trying to process, I was doing it in community. I was talking to my wife. I was talking to Brian. I was talking to Billy and others. Just trying to sense what, what has got up to this morning. And the truth is, I, I don't think it's to, to continue on the Ten Commandments this morning. We'll finish it up next week. You guys with me on that? Um, so instead, I'd like to share a story with you from Scripture 
and land hopefully in a place where we could just find ourselves um, just in a posture of receiving whatever God wants for us this morning. Um, we want to be open and available to Him. So, uh, so I'm going to tell you a story. It's so funny. I'm looking at this, the row, and it's like you guys are facing this way. And it's like all funny. Anyways, it really is. So I'm going to back up. Okay, so um, I set up the chairs too, so that's my fault. Okay, a young man... A young man asks a rabbi, what must I do to receive God's blessing? What good work do I have to do to receive God's blessing? And this rabbi says, well, um, obey the commandments. And the young man, confused, says, which one? Because the young man living in the first century would have been really confused by that statement, obey the commandments. He could have thought maybe the Ten Commandments or maybe the 600 plus laws, rules, commandments, regulations, systems of legal Jewish religious commandments. One of the 600 that he could find in the Old Testament. Which one, he says. Or he could have been confused because 2,000 years of interpretation of the Torah, of the Jewish law, 2,000 years of commandments being interpreted. 2,000 years of things being added on top of each other to where one group of religious people called the Pharisees, they added 1,500 laws on top of the 600 other laws. 2,100 just in one group. And then there was the Sadducees, another group. There was the Essenes, another group. There was the Zealots, another group. And there was these micro kind of religious groups Groups and, and, and cults that were in the Jewish um, religion during the first century. And so the man says, which one? Of all the laws that I could possibly follow, which one am I supposed to obey? Jesus says, or this rabbi that we know as Jesus, says, well, you shall not murder. That's Exodus 20.13. You shall not commit adultery. Exodus uh, 20.14. You shall not steal. Exodus 20.15. You shall not bear false witness. Exodus 20.16. Um, and honor your father and mother, mother. That's verse 12. And then he says, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's Leviticus 19. Verse 18. Love your neighbor as yourself. And for many rabbis, not just Jesus... But many rabbis interpreting Torah, Torah, the Old Testament, the 600 laws found in the Old Testament, for many rabbis, they would, they would hang their hat on love your neighbor as yourself. You see, for many people, including Jesus, theologians of the Jewish understanding, of the Jewish faith, love your neighbor as yourself was the central theme of all 600 commandments. Because the, the Jesus, this rabbi, and all the other rabbis that agreed with this, knew that somehow linked to loving your neighbor was loving God. Somehow loving yourself would obviously imply loving your neighbor if you knew how to do it right. Somehow loving your neighbor meant that you were loving God because that was somehow the greatest commandment. That when we love each other, we love God. Jesus says... Those are the commandments you should keep. And the man says, well, I've kept all of these things. But what is still lacking? 
Jesus lists the majority of the, of the Ten Commandments that have to do with human relationships. And then he, he ends on this theme, love your neighbor as yourself. That's Leviticus 19.18. He ends there and the man says, well, I've done all this. But something's still lacking. I've kept all of the commandments that, that, that I'm intended to keep. But something's still lacking. In fact, if you were watching this scenario go down, if you were in the first century, and you saw this young man who happens to be wealthy come up to this new rabbi, one, the the young man would have privilege, privilege to speak to this rabbi. And because he's wealthy, you would assume that he was, um, he was blessed. You would assume that he actually had eternal life. Eternal life is not going to heaven. They never thought of eternal life that way. It was about receiving God's blessing and anointing where you live here and now, where you're at. And so when this young man asks this rabbi, what must I do? He's asking, what's your interpretation of all of the laws? What do I have to do according to you? What do, how do I get in? How do I, how do I receive your commandment blessing? But if you, were in, if you were watching him, if you were seeing this play out, you would say, he already has it. This man has it figured out. This man is blessed. This man has eternal life. Because for you, blessing meant physical, tangible materialism. For you, it meant being wealthy. Obviously, God blessed you already. Being young and wealthy, man, you're beyond it. And the fact that the guy with confidence can say, I've kept all these commandments, well, he's got it figured out. But the guy still asks, what am I lacking? You see, something is missing. This story comes from Matthew 19. Chapter 16, or chapter 19, verse 16. And, and the truth is, this is one of the most highly debated stories in all of the New Testament because of what Jesus tells him next. You see, somehow this man was living under the assumption that just because he doesn't break a commandment means that he's not fulfilling the commandment. I'm sorry, let me say that again. The man was under the assumption that because he didn't break a commandment meant that he was fulfilling the commandment. Do you guys know the difference? We've been talking about it for about 10 weeks. We've said that the Ten Commandments are used as, um, as guidelines, as what's marking what is out of bounds. They're not telling you how to play in the game. They're just telling you what, means, what makes you out of bounds when you play. Does that make sense? And so the Ten Commandments for this man are what I think a lot of us do with not just the Ten Commandments, but with Jesus' words. Jesus gives us um, these directions in life that we've talked about for the last... 10 months of our journey. And if you're new, uh, we've taught through the Sermon on the Mount and now we're teaching the Ten Commandments. And as we begin to, to follow Jesus and, and our discipleship, as we, as we become disciples of Jesus, 
It's not just about following these, these, these paths, these, these laws, these regulations. And this morning as I was praying and, and the whole week as we were, we were wrestling with, with where do we take this today? I'm going to sit down. It really came to a place of what would it look like for us to, to just release the heaviness that some of us have been going through. I'll come right back to this story. But I think what, as I've been walking with a lot of you, as I've been hearing stories about what's going on in our church, it seems like there's a lot of burden. It seems like there's a lot of transition happening. It seems like there's a lot of um, pain, a lot of trials, a lot of hopelessness, and not getting jobs and not having enough. And, and just feel, I feel like a lot of us are just wearing this burden. And even on Sundays, I mean, think about what we've talked about the last few months. We've talked about Sabbath. That God has designed for us a season, a, a rhythm of rest. Every single week we're supposed to partake in not doing anything. Because we are not people who are valued by what we do or what we produce. But we're people who are valued by who we are and what God says about us. And I believe that many of us are walking in here this morning exhausted, waiting for our next day off, waiting for our next vacation. And we don't know what it's like to live a life of freedom and rest here and now. And for some of us, it's disobedience. And that weighs on some of you. And you say, man, I, I'm definitely not living out this idea of rest. And then we've talked about, we've talked about thou shall not commit adultery. For those of you that were here for, for that message, and the message was not just about not committing adultery, but it was recognizing that it was protecting marriage. And that in marriages, we are designed, in our marriages between a man and a wife, to reveal God's oneness, His akkad. Do you remember that? And that there was a mission that was given to us in marriage. And that we are supposed to love in such a way that we could point to our marriages in the church and, and point to the broken world and say, look here, guys. You're broken, but we reveal God's oneness. And I think most of us are struggling through marriages. We're struggling to get along. We're struggling to, to have appropriate amounts of sex. We're struggling to have a type of lifestyle that would reveal God's love to the world because our mission is not a mar uh, our marriage is not a mission. We're in desperate need of counselors, of therapists, and psychologists, and pastors to fix our marriages because 50% of us are getting divorced anyway in the church. And so we say, hey, that's another thing that some of us are wearing. The burden of our marriage is not being right. But then we talk about sexual purity and we say 50% of all Christian men are struggling with sexual addiction to pornography. That it's not just about protecting our marriages, but it's about celebrating sexuality. And most of us are addicted, statistically, to online pornography. Let alone stumbling with our boyfriend and girlfriend and having inappropriate amounts of, of sexual relationships with others when that's designed for marriage. And we talked about we got to live pure lives because pure lives because that's the mission God's given us. That's playing in the game, not just stepping outside. And so some of us are wearing that. We're wearing the burden of recognizing that we're just we're sex addicts. 
And I'll be the first to admit that, man, I, my marriage is, is not always revealing a cod. I can't tell you how many times I have to confess to my friend. I, 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 didn't say, I said this to my wife. I was impatient here. I was quick here. Her 25th birthday was here and I blew it. <laughs> Seriously. I'm wearing that, that weight. And then we talk about thou shall not steal. And man, talk about burden. It's not about stealing. It's about being good neighbors. And not just neighbors. It's about providing for those that don't have enough. How many of you are walking out of these, this, this room and recognizing that Deuteronomy makes it clear that we're supposed to care for those that don't have enough? And we look outside our doors, we, we pass the guy at Ralph's with the cup of chains, change. We have people in our life group that are struggling to get by, but all we do is say, we'll pray for you, hopefully it gets better next week. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm just feeling this heavy, 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 heavy weight. And those are just four commandments. <laughs> And I guess what, I, what I'm just kind of stumbling through, because I knew I was going to stumble through this this morning, and I'm not apologizing about it. I believe that this honesty is what God wants you to hear this morning. The story of, of Matthew 19, the story continues. This man says, I have fulfilled all of these commandments, but something's still lacking. And Jesus says to him, Go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor. Then come follow me. You see, the man already missed it. And I don't want to go into this because it's really controversial. And the message today is not to, for those of you that are rich to sell all of your possessions and give to the poor. Because it's funny because Jesus says it to this man. But he says to Zacchaeus, or, or he doesn't say anything to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus meets Jesus. Jesus says, I'm going to your house. And Zacchaeus says, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. And Jesus counts that as righteousness. Jesus is supported throughout his entire ministry by wealthy people. And, and, and the early church is supported by wealthy people. There, there's, there's studies throughout history that say that this small church of 120 people and, and 2,000 years ago would not be what it was unless wealthy people gave. So it's not an it's not attack against wealthy. It's not an attack against the rich. It's about discipleship. I think many of us are here this morning and there's two places we stand. One, we stand under the heaviness of, of the Ten Commandments and we just say, I can't, I can't do it. I'm struggling to follow this out. I talked to a guy earlier. He just said, it seems like there's so many things I'm doing wrong that there's no way I'm going to get it right. And I feel like for many of you this morning, you're sitting under the weight of not doing things right. You're sitting under the weight of habitual sin. You're sitting under the weight of heaviness. And the message this morning is that God did not leave you as an orphan. That you were never intended to do it alone. And so the message comes from John 14. Just look for a moment. I'm just going to read through it. You can just sit, sit there. John 14.
Let's just go to verse 12. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, he will do greater works than these. Because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for, for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate, helper, to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him or knows Him. You, you know Him because He abides with me, and He will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. Skip down to verse 25. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. And this is what I think I, want to, I really wanted to share with you this morning. Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Brothers and sisters, I feel as though for some of us, we have, we have sat under the Ten Commandments and have been weighed down by the law. And the truth is this, we don't live under the law. We live under the Spirit. And I know it's, it's been a messy conversation, but I think we're supposed to sit under the worship this morning and hear God's truth. I think we're supposed to hear, hear each other sing this morning about God's peace. Because I think about it and I look around my friends, close friends who love Jesus, and I constantly see hopelessness. I see joylessness. I see a heaviness that is so burdening that it troubles me. I wear anxiety like it's a garment. And maybe I'm the only one that feels these things. But Jesus invites us to live in a peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus invites us to live in a joy that will be defined, defined as the greater ministry. He invites us to say to people, pick up your mat and walk and believe it and watch it happen. But I think we're so consumed with the burdens of our lives that we don't even live under a peace. We live under the anxious toil. And I believe this morning for us, it's simply to take it off and find, find God's rest. Find, find God's peace. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have Brian come up and the worship team, and they're going to lead us in songs of worship. And because uh, we felt this corporately, it wasn't just Darren going on his own way. Um, I've learned not to do that. But I think some of us were limping through life, and God's called us to fly. We're stumbling, and God's called us to thrive. Some of us have marriages that need to be prayed for. Some of us have lives that are broken and all we're doing is putting more stuff on top of us. And today we need to say no to the things that are too burdensome. We, we need to take off the clothes of we have it all figured out and reveal our brokenness. So I just want to do this. I'm going to have Brian sing and, and Jenny um, sing some songs in worship. You can, you can sing with them. Um, I'm going, to, I'm going to be on the side, and if you want to come and, and share scripture that, that might relate to this or, or say a word of encouragement or share a testimony, um, we want to invite that this morning where we can share stories, we can share some scripture, and it will go in and out of the worship. 
So feel free to come to the side and grab me. I'll be there with Billy, and we'll just have a time of testimonies with this. Um, and I really want to encourage you just to hear God's truth this morning. There's crosses on the sides. We invite you to take communion. If there's a heaviness that you're wearing, we want to pray for you. We'll have people on the side over here that will pray for you and people in the back. But sometimes it takes us getting back to our roots, and that's this. We want to be, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And we'll put the message aside sometimes so that we can make room for, for Him. So let's just make room, and I'll lead us in a time of prayer, and we'll, we'll let Brian lead in worship, all right? All right, let me pray. Just invite you to close your eyes and just maybe wait on the Lord. Lord, we just uh, invite you. You say in Scripture that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Lord, I pray for us as a family that this morning we could minister to each other. That we would be brave enough to speak our testimonies, to share our words, to share what you're leading us in, God. Maybe it's a, a, a prayer of, of, of need, Maybe it's a, uh, a testimony of victory. Maybe it's a story of you moving in our lives. But Jesus, I pray that today we would bring um, our songs of worship to each other. And Holy Spirit, would you move among us as we worship you and listen to truth spoken over us. Pray these things in your name. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear other messages from The Garden, or would like to find out more about The Garden Church, check out our website at thegardenlb.org.
Spirit. 